And I didn't even get the songs that he sang or that he like sang. I'm pretty sure. This so I was like, I didn't get songs either. Uh, well, we're keeping one of the other songs. I looked at the so I can do that. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. But this is the one I've been talking about. This one's Okay. I had a dream I got Go. Oh, cool. Let's go, Channel Islands. I played baseball with you. So. Yeah. I yeah. was like, you look very familiar to me. Right. Yep. A couple years back. Okay. <laughs> All right. So that's. So the order of the services, I'm going to come up and do like a little moment of silence, prayer, a little welcome. Two songs. Perfect. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah.
public Welcome everybody, Ada, beautiful one, Jane, Kyle, Manny, Rodney, Shelly, Richard, and the family there. Great to have you guys. We're going to start it here in about one minute. Thanks for being a part of our service. Thanks for joining us. We're going to have some awesome singing today. Have some awesome um, worship. And um, let's see if I can get a little higher. A little higher. A little higher here. Yeah, I can do that. All right. Let's do that. Dun 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 dun. Yeah, yeah, there were. We were. 
County. It's great to have you guys here together. We're going to we're going to pull together and have a moment of silence. I want to welcome our brothers and sisters and friends online. It's great to have you here with us. We have one of our one of our dear couples, the Martinez's, are in Norway right now, visiting Oslo. I'm sure they're visiting all over the place, but they're in Oslo. I saw a picture he sent me the other day of a famous statue in Norway which if you've been there, you know what, what it is. It's called the crying boy. Um, let's go ahead and bow our heads in a moment of just reflection. I know we've been talking a lot about our relationship with God and some of the crisis that we go through, the walls that we have to go through to do that. And I just want you to meditate and just begin to allow God to reveal himself to you in your relationship with him. Let's go ahead and bow our heads. God, thank you so much for being with us during the difficult times of our journey with you, the times where we feel like you may not be there. We feel like your presence is not around. God, we are so thankful that you're taking us to a, a journey through the wall of our faith, God, that we can be more faithful and more uh, confident in the way you mold us and shape us. And you, and you really do a great job with us individually, God, and we're just so grateful to be here this morning to worship you and to praise you and to have fellowship with each other. Uh, God, we need you so much and we need each other so much. And I pray, God, that you would strengthen those that are going through some health challenges, strengthen the rest of us who are going through faith challenges, uh, and strengthen those, God, who uh, are just seeking you and, and wondering where you are. I pray that you would guide them and lead them to us, God, that you would bring many people that we can study the Bible with and help become followers of Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. I do want to welcome a great a friend of ours, a friend of the Shoreline Church, and that's Eddie Jensen right back there. Raise your hand, Eddie. He's from the San Luis Obispo Church. He's been around a long time. He used to live down here for a while. Almost didn't recognize him with the fancy beard, but I, I, we finally ID'd him. I saw a CDL. We identified it is Eddie and Llewellyn Jensen. And their daughter here is playing in a game uh, uh, over here with our, with our youth ministry. So it's great to have you guys here. Thank you for being here. Um, I'm going to give you an update later on today. I had, I had a, a couple days of meetings with the BNMA, and I'll update you with the special missions, what's going on there. But we're just thankful. Please be praying for Greg. He's, uh, he fell ill uh, yesterday, so he's not here. But 
we have our great music team that's going to be helping out. And Jenica and the girls here are going to be leading us in song. So let's have them do that now. Bear with me. Very, very rusty to play guitar. <laughs> All right, so we're going to start with What a Fellowship. Um, we don't have the books, but it's easy to sing along. Um, 385. If you do have a book, if you it's on have page a 385. Yeah. Whatever may pass and whatever lies 
so much. Keep your prayers for Greg, who's, who's ill at home. Uh, please turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5. We are really uh, digging deep into relationships, digging deep in God's Word, digging deep uh, in our own relationship with Him, our families, our backgrounds, our, our times that God takes us to a point that we feel there's a crisis in our faith, and that sometimes happens. Sometimes you, you realize that you're in a crisis and you wonder, where is God? And it's important to know that God is right there with you, right there with you. Even in your darkest times, God is standing next to you, encouraging you. In Matthew 5, verse 3, it's a little recap from, the, from last week. Blessed are the poor in spirits, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This word poor describes a beggar who has hit rock bottom having been stripped of everything. And Jesus was not describing a person in total destitute of material things, but one who is destitute of elevating themselves above others, our relationship with God. We talked a lot about what does it mean when we're in a crisis of faith and what, what happens when you get through that wall, that wall that God takes you there. We know that God wants to give you a piece of himself, as you go through the wall. As St. Francis of Assisi said, blessed is he who expects nothing, for they shall enjoy everything. He talked about having a greater level of brokenness when you get through the wall. Your spirit's different. You've come out differently. 
That's a good thing. We talked about having a greater appreciation for the unknown and what appears to be like a blessing has often turned out to be a terrible thing. And what we view as a terrible thing has often turned out to be a blessing. So there's a mysteriousness about what God is doing in our lives. And we have to appreciate that. And when you go through the wall, you begin to appreciate that. You begin to say to yourself, I don't know everything. Everything I thought I know, I really don't know. I know some things. I know God is good. I know he's up to good. But I don't really know what God is doing. And it's sometimes we want to have an answer for everybody. But the honest answer is we don't. God does. We're just trying to figure out where God might be leading you. Today, I want to talk about when you get through the wall of crisis. What awaits you are the two things. A greater level of brokenness. A greater appreciation for the, the unknown but also a deeper ability to wait for God. What comes out of being broken and not knowing everything is a greater capacity to wait on God. Going through the wall breaks something deep inside of us. If you, and I'm not talking traffic tickets and car jams and, 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 uh, and camera lights on the red light. I'm not talking about those small. I'm talking about a crisis of faith where you've wondered where is God? Maybe your marriage is at a point of its breaking point and it's failing. Those moments, you begin to question God. And that's the wall that we will face, not just now, but we'll continue to face in our journey. And the wall breaks something inside of us. It breaks the driving, the grasping, the fearful self-will that has to make something happen that I must get it done in case God doesn't do it. And one of the mistakes I've often made is I've acted when I should have waited. I want, I have to keep the ball moving. I have to respond because what is God doing? I have to take action. I want to keep moving forward, sadly, without God. Look at me in Psalm 27. I didn't write the first down, but Maybe you can find it, so I apologize. But Psalm 27 gives us this. We actually wrote a song about it. It's in our, it's in our song books. Wait for, the, wait for the Lord. Be strong. Take heart and wait for the... I can't sing that as good as Lewis and the guys over there, but it takes a strength of hearts, and it takes courage to wait on God. Looking, and that, and that word wait is to look forward in confidence. Like God is going to do something. He's not aloof. He's not unaware. God is going to do something. And I'm going to wait. And it's going to be good. And it's going to be beneficial. And I know it's going to happen. But I'm going to have to wait on it. Look at me in Psalm 130. In verse 5. Again, the theme is when you get through the wall. You have a deeper ability to wait on God. Sometimes you think the church is not moving where it needs to move. I know I feel that sometimes. Wait on God, right? In verse 130, I'm sorry, in Psalm 130, verse 5, I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in his word, I put my hope. I wait for the Lord. More than watchmen wait for the morning. 
You know, this desire to having to go forward, to act, to run ahead. God tries to purge that out of me, and maybe he's purging that out of you sometimes. It's my impatience that can get the best of me. Abraham, the father of our faith, had to learn to wait at the wall. At 75 years old, he was told he would be the father of nations. And after 11 years of waiting, 11 years of waiting, he took matters into his own hands and had a child with his maidservant, Hagar. He ran ahead of God. He just couldn't wait. So God forced him to wait another 14 years before Isaac was born. But that public and private humiliation he suffered transformed him into a father of faith for all nations. The wall had a purpose. Moses had to wait at the wall. After murdering a man in hopes of, in to, in hopes of delivering his people, the Israelites, he spent the next 40 years learning to wait on God. And in the desert, God transforms Moses, as the Bible describes him, to the most humble man on the earth, in the desert, at the wall, waiting for God. David had to learn how to wait at the wall. After a stunning victory of Goliath, David, who was innocent, was forced to flee the mighty army of King Saul for 13 years, losing his dreams, losing his family, losing his reputation, losing his earthly security, and in the wilderness, God transformed him into a man after his own hearts. Hannah learned to wait at the wall. After years of infertility, unanswered prayers, and mocking from the second wife of her husband, God heard her prayers. Her years of pain and grief transformed her into the godly mother of Samuel who transformed the nation, 1 Samuel 1 and 2. Jesus learned to wait at the wall of obscurity and silence, both as a carpenter's son and in the wilderness, resisting the temptation of the devil to act before his time. And out of this waiting, Jesus emerged from the wilderness in the power of the Spirit. And I believe we can trust God to do the same in us. But we have to appreciate what God does. He makes us wait at that wall. We don't know how long he keeps us there, but he has us there for a reason to make sure that you're going through a transformation of your faith, a transformation of your character. And so many people go to the wall and they bounce off that wall. The wall does not transform them. And they keep coming back to the wall more angrier and more bitter than before because they refuse to allow God to mold them. They want to mold themselves. If you follow Jesus, you surrendered that. We tried molding ourselves. We got ourselves into a lot of trouble. And God rescued us. And God will continue to do that if we learn to wait on him. And I love the way Isaiah puts it. Look at me in Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 8. I love the way he writes this about waiting 
in our relationship with God. When we're at the wall, when God should answer, but he's not. He's not, he's not answering on my timetable or your timetable. In verse 8, it says, yes, Lord, walking in your ways of your laws, we wait for you. Your name and renown are the desire of our hearts. You know, at the wall, you get a greater level of brokenness. You appreciate the mysteries of God. You have a greater capacity to wait. But fourthly, you have a greater detachment. The issue of our relationship with God and our journey with God is not that am I happy? Maybe the question is, am I, am I, am I free? Am I growing in my freedom that God gave me? Am I attached to things that are hurting me spiritually? When you go through the wall, you have, you have this ability to detach yourself from things that are harmful to your faith. And Paul addresses this in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. If you'll turn there with me. He's going through a laundry list. From mar if you're married or not married, he goes through a list. But at the end, he, he begins to give us a principle that I think is very important. It's detaching ourselves in a good way. In verse 29 of 1 Corinthians. What I mean, brothers and sisters, is that the time is short. From now on, those who have wives should live as if they don't. Those who mourn as if they did not. And those who are happy as if they were not. Those who buy something as if it were not theirs to keep. Those who use the things of this world as if not engrossed in them. For this world in its present form is passing away. You know, we're to live our lives, be married. We should experience the happiness of it, the joy of it, the sorrow of it, buying things, using them, but always being aware that these things in themselves are not our lives. We're supposed to appreciate them and use them, but being aware that they are not our lives. Because we're marked for eternity. We're, we're supposed to be free from the dominating power of things. Satan loves to give us things. He loves us to, to attach ourselves to things. And detachment is the secret to peace. And along our journey, we get the word attached is literally nailed to behaviors, to habits, to things, and to people in unhealthy ways. For example, I love my house. I love my neighborhood. I love my books. I love my kids. I love my wife. I love comfort and I love good health. Like you, I rarely realize how attached I am to something until God removes it. Then the struggle begins when God takes it away. Then the struggle begins. And it's like, I'm like, got it, but I need that. Because it's convenient that I have that. Otherwise, God, it's a struggle. God, I need that. Don't take that away. And God says, no, you don't need that. You need me. And that's the gift that God gives us of detachment when we go through the wall. Sometimes I feel like Golem. It's mine. It's my precious. I can't do without that. I need that. 
and you have you have your thing that you turn into golem and your wife tries to take it away like you get in a fight over it no it's fine leave me alone i need this the wall more than anything else cuts our attachment to who we think we ought to be or who we falsely think we are there's layers and layers that we build that's a counterfeit self of us that God wants to shed. He wants something more true, more like Jesus to emerge. And so God has to cut in John 15. He prunes and he's cutting and he's shaping and he's transforming. And one of the ways he does that is he takes you to the wall where you're humbled, where you don't know what's up and what's down. You're desperate, and God goes, now I can begin to mold you. I couldn't before, but now I will, because you need me more than ever. So God's a loving father. Think about your kids when they ignore you. But when they get in trouble, who do they call? They call parents. Hey, help me. Oh, okay, I'm here to help. I love you. What did we learn today, right? Our world has five essential truths. One. Life is hard. Life is hard. If you're in college, maybe your life is not that hard, but still, life is hard, right? When I thought when I was in college, life's not hard, right? But now that I'm older, life is hard. Two, the second truth is we're not that important. We're not that important. Three, your life is not about you. Life is not about me. Life is not about you. Or we realize this real quick, we're not in control. We have no control. Zero. And lastly, we're going to die. That's the truth. Every one of us will die. And so I want you to remember that God's purpose it's for us to have a great relationship with him at the end of our journey to die in a relationship with God. That's what he wants. And for order for you to make it there, we go through walls. It's not like he's punishing us. He's helping us make it to the end. But the secret is, is you got to know that he's taking you there and he'll take you through the wall. Too many disciples go to the wall and they walk away. It's too hard. My marriage is too difficult. My spouse refuses to change. You know what I learned in marriage? I tried many years and failed. I cannot change Karen. <laughs> I tried. I tried. The only person that can change Karen is God. And the only thing that can change Geo is God. That's why our relationship is so important. Too many marriages try to change the other person. It's a futile exercise. You've been married long enough, you know how futile that is. It's tempting, but it's futile. Because God changes people. Karen's gone through her walls. I've gone through my walls. And we're better for it. We can, we can joyfully detach ourselves from behaviors that harm our relationship with God. To have a more intimate relationship with God. Maybe you struggle with just getting up and 
How do I connect with God? How do I engage God? Is it reading? Is it why? What do I do? How do I connect? Maybe you've never been a Christian 25 years. Like I've read my Bible, but I'm like, I'm like dull. I'm reading and I'm dull. We find, we find creative ways, meditation, walks, maybe sit in silence. There's so many different ways to connect with God. But at the end, if you ever want to know where God's leading you, you go to his word because he tells you where, you're, where we're supposed to go. And it's, it's beautiful to enjoy things of God, but not be attached to them. You know, I was in Yosemite a few weeks ago. And when you get in, Yosemite, you know, you're like, I'm in control of this car. I'm in control of this. Power. And you're in Yosemite Valley going, boom, I'm not in control of anything. Because yeah. I'm like, what is this? Where am I? I'm an ant now. Like, I went from being big to an ant in a second. Because you realize how in insignificant you are when you're up against El Capitan. And there's water flying out from the rock. You just, you just realize, man, the boundaries have fallen on pleasant places. Thank God I'm here. It's good to detach ourselves. It's good to go through the struggle when God takes things away from us that he realizes we're attached to. So he takes them away. And that's the beauty of having a relationship with God. He's always thinking about you, what's best for you, what's good for you, right? Just like you do if you were a parent. You, you want the best and what's good for your children. And sometimes that means in, uh, giving them some discipline as part of parenting. Without it, we'll pray for you, right? Without discipline, strange things can happen. Imagine if God never disciplined us. Where would, we, where would we be as his people? So this is why we look at Jesus and we look at our relationship with him and going like, that's where I want to be. I want to have a greater level of brokenness. I want to appreciate the mysteries of God. I don't know. I know some things, but I certainly don't know everything. But you know what? I'm growing in my ability to wait on God. Just like Moses and Abraham and Hannah, they waited on God. And fourthly, I'm going to appreciate when God takes something away from me because maybe I was attached to it too much. Let me appreciate what God is doing in my life. And this is why we celebrate Jesus. And this is why we celebrate the cross. Because it's that relationship and that sacrifice that gave us this chance to do that. Let's pray for it. God, thank you so much for taking us to the wall, finding ourselves in moments where we are disillusioned from our church experience, disillusioned from just our sin, disillusioned from failing in, in areas where we should have excelled, disillusioned when, we're, when we should be doing better spiritually, but we're not. God, we, we pray and thank you for taking us to the wall so you can transform our lives. You can change us for the greater good. Help us to get through that wall and help us not to give up on waiting on you. Help us to appreciate the detachment that you want us to enjoy your creation. But having the awareness that your created things are not our lives. You are our life, God, and we want to be with you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
loving the music, guys. I'm yeah, loving it. Nice. It's awesome. Can you do it next week? <laughs> I'm going to update you. It's our, it's our contribution time. As we know, we all give faithfully to God our, our, our tithing. And I also want to report to you uh, uh, from the Baltic Nordics Mission Alliance, uh, several churches from Michigan to um, uh, Washington to uh, Los Angeles all contribute to this amazing uh, mission alliance that really helps us to support the infrastructure of some of the churches that are in the Nordic and the Baltics. And I have a report from the Baltics from the uh, country of, of Latvia and the city of Riga. Church leader, his name is Sandu. He came here about 12 years ago. He writes this to the BMA and to you guys. You got because I think we asked for a benevolent offering, and you guys awesomely gave to that, as well as the other disciples. He says, We are very grateful for your support and help in the Riga Church and all the churches across the Baltics and the Nordics. It is especially important now as people of Ukraine are facing threats to their lives and many disciples, most of them women and children, left the country to seek refuge in neighboring countries in the Baltics and Nordics. In the two months since the aggression started, Riga Church has taken care of 150 refugees, mostly disciples and their relatives, Galatians 6.10. We covered their travel expenses, fuel and essentials. We gave them food, clothes, essential hygiene, accommodation, beds, mattresses, bed sets. We helped them prepare visa documents, seek jobs and rent apartments. We used Riga Disciples donations, donations of our friends, U.S. Disciple donations, and we also received some donations from two Latvian charities. Ukrainian refugees were coming from Kiev, Odessa, and Kharkov churches. Some of them have left Latvia for other countries, Germany and the United Kingdom. Some have, even, some have even returned to Ukraine to be with their husbands. But also some families moved to Latvia from other Baltic countries, one family from Lithuania, two families from Estonia. As for the present moment, we are taking care of 95 refugees, 44 disciples, 11 teenagers, 30 children, and some disciples' family members. Our campus ministry has grown and now consists of 25 persons, teenagers in our ministry. While donations to the church have dropped by some 20%, giving has increased. We can see it because over 90% of donations coming online and disciples put a tag on it for the church and for the refugees, not to mention sacrifices of apartments, items, time, and their hearts. Our goal now is to help Ukrainians to adopt into the church and into the country. To ensure smooth adaptation in the church, disciples accommodated refugees to their homes for some weeks because it helps build personal relationships and provide some targeted assistance. To ensure adaptation into the country, we help to find a job in an apartment, also school and kindergarten for children. The government of Latvia offers some help to the refugees but even more assistance is needed to start their lives anew in Latvia. Many organizations are ready to give food and clothing. Only few provide personal help and wholehearted involvement. Our biggest needs now is church service and kids' kingdom expenses have, have doubled. Campus and teen expenses have tripled. We will need help to cover expenses for traveling to the Orlando conference to cover church teens' Baltic camp expenses for the Ukrainians. 
Thank you so much for your help and involvement. And please ex express our deepest gratitude to all the disciples in your churches for their giving to help Ukrainian brothers and sisters. We believe that God will bless you abundantly. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8. In Christ, Riga Church Leadership Group. That is the update. Pray for their dynamic because uh, Latvia was a former Soviet Union country. And now Ukrainians are coming in. So there's a cultural distinction. And politics have somehow seeped into our churches where people can take sides, as you guys have experienced, mask or no mask, right? Same with the Russian culture. Some Ukrainian churches that come in, they like what Russia's doing. It's mortifying the other side of the church. So we pray for peace, we pray for unity as we provide assistance. Pray for their unity. Because it is an absorption of two different cultures and two different mindsets and two different backgrounds and two different family imprints of their life coming into the church. So we asked them, what is their greatest need? And I said, pray for that. Pray for unity in the church, that they will leave that stuff at the door and open each other's arms and hearts to being followers of Jesus and leaving the political arena of why it's happened and what's happened. But let's just take care of each other and spread the gospel of Jesus. So that is their prayer for, to, for us to ask. They asked me to tell you, pray for us in that realm and thank you for your amazing donations. 15% of our special missions will go to the Ukrainians. 15% will go to the Pacific Southwest that are planting churches. The latest one is Merced, California. That's, and then 40% will go to the Baltic Nordics and we'll keep 30% here for the Jerusalem Church of Shoreline. So Jerusalem, to Judea, to the ends of the earth. Let's pray for our contribution. God, thank you so much for uh, the ability to give. There are definite needs all over the place, God. And we ask that you would just bring, bring unity to the churches, God. Bring unity of faith. Bring love. Bring relationships. And God, most importantly, protect the disciples from the carnage that they're experiencing. The brothers who had to remain in Ukraine who cannot leave. And we pray for their families that will be reunited and that your name will be honored and glorified through this process. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I really wanted to thank Mio Spencer. It was amazing just to be able to hear how to be still. She had this jar of sand and she shook it up because this is what goes in our heads when we're not still. And so I still have that visual to this day that we have to quiet ourselves throughout the day. And the real takeaway that I took from it, it doesn't have to be a long time, just 30 seconds to a minute, just taking it through your day as you go throughout to just quiet your brain and just be still. That was so easy and so obtainable and practical. Thank you so much, Mio, for that. Thank you, Isabel. Anyone? And, and May and Rebecca who sang, and Lucia who helped decorate as well, and everyone who came. It was such a great time. I really enjoyed uh, Maisha's game that was actually helping everyone encourage each other. Very specific encouragement. I would love to do that even for church service and things like that. 
to be able to have specific encouragement for each other. So I walked away even this morning feeling great. So, um, and I know that you there celebrating as well. We have a few other events coming up. Uh, in June 19th on Father's Day, we're going to have a Dad's and Grad's breakfast. We're going to have a potluck again at 9.30. And we also sent out an email about different events that we're having going on in the summer. So please look for that. If you have a child that's going to teen camp or youth camp, the deadline for both of those camps are is May 31st. So please make sure that you um, sign them up. It's on our website, Shoreline Church, on the events side. You have a little button, so it makes it easy for you to register them now. And uh, so, yeah, uh, another thing, too, we have here serving with children and youth uh, in children's ministry are going to be at the camps. We have new protocol that we have to do. There's a couple-hour training course that we have to do online. And then also uh, a different on top of, we have to get FBI scanned and other things on top of that. We're being really uh, thorough to make sure our children are protected and everything. So uh, see Isabel, if you are serving as a children's ministry, uh, in the children's ministry or gonna be serving at any of the camps. Thank you. Thanks Isabel. That concludes our service. Please enjoy the great fellowship. All right, my people. Lower this here a little bit. Wasn't that singing amazing? So just to summarize our time together, um, we're just summarizing just the, um, I'm gonna try to get this thing up here. There. Summarizing our time about the wall. And um, you know, there's four things that I, that I got across these last two Sundays. There's one was um, a greater level of brokenness, uh, a more a more of a destitute posture of not looking or thinking or feeling you're above others. And the second one was um, just a mystery, you know, that, that we don't know what God is doing half the time. We know he's good, but we don't necessarily know what exactly he's up to. So there's a mystery about God that is there. And then um, there's also um, uh, the ability and the capacity that God gives us to wait. When you talk about Abraham, Moses, and a few others who had to wait um, significant amounts of time. Uh, in the desert, in the wilderness, and they came out more transformed to do um, their mission for God. And then lastly is detachment. It's from things that are beautiful. So the this park, it's amazing. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. And we love God's creation, but not becoming attached to things. And God will at times take things away from us. And then the struggle begins that we realize we're really attached to things that we shouldn't be. Because they're eventually going to take us away from God. And so... Sometimes that's even a relationship that you put above God, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, even your spouse, or even your children. You put them above God. And so they become our idols in, in many ways. Um, something I didn't say in the sermon, but just came to my mind. So there's a lot of great, great things about waiting and having a, a degree of detachment from the wall and appreciating that there's a transformation process that's, that's taking place in our life. It's, it's happening and God's working and not to be discouraged, not to run away, not to, not to reject it, not to bounce off of it more angry and more bitter, but to really embrace what God is doing, um, no matter how long it takes, no matter how long it takes. And so I just wanted to encourage you with that. Thank you for your donations to the special missions contribution. It's 
something you want to pray about and decide what you want to give and be cheerful and celebrate. Um, our goal is $24,000 as a church. Um, I hope we go over that, but that's kind of our goal. But uh, I just wanted to put that on your heart as well as your weekly contribution and your, and your just your regular uh, honoring of God and tithing to our church. It helps us with our uh, infrastructure to have a stable and a, a thriving church here that's organized. My wife and I are recipients of that contribution and we just hired um, um, Jenica and we also hired Isabel. Jenica does our social media and uh, Isabel is doing our events and children's ministry. She's right over there doing some great work there. So it's awesome. So thanks again for your awesome, awesome, generous hearts to donate to, to God's kingdom and invest in God's kingdom for the sake of people. So that's all I have. That's all I got right now. Um, if you have any, any thoughts or any, any, any comments, I have a few minutes to, to, to listen. I can hear you now, but you want to... On uh, on speaker, if you want to if you want to comment or anything, yeah, Pajax, your tooth, yes, tooth fairy. That's Applejack. Huh? You're on camera. Okay, well, I love you guys, and uh, appreciate everybody here. Thanks for being online. And oh, here's, here's a little comment here. I mean, it's a little chat. What? What's happening? I don't know. What's happening? Uh, there's and Bella says, go, Jenica. Great job, bro. Thank you, Gio. Yes. Thank you for your message. Sure. Thank and you. Ongoing inspiration. Thank you, Patricia. Hope we all can keep being transformed and into his likeness. <laughs> being transformed into a very old person. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate you. Thank you, everybody. We love you, and we will see you soon. Take care. Bye. Have a best week. Bye -bye. You too. Bye-bye.